And welcome to the Deep End with Ed podcast. The Deep End. The Deep End. The Deep End. With Ed Robinson. The Deep End. The Deep End. On episode 18 last week, we talked about caregiving 101 and offered some tips and resources that you hopefully found to be helpful. If you have not listened to that, I would urge you to listen to part one of caregiving and hopefully you can get some good information that would be helpful to you and your family and your journey as a caregiver. On this episode, episode 19, we want to discuss the emotional side of caregiving. The emotional side of caregiving. However, before we jump into the deep end, I want to give you a lifeguard tower moment. Again, that is something that you do for someone else. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a thank you note or do something nice for a current or a former caregiver. Then just take the time. You know they're in your families, they're in your communities, they're in your faith uh, houses of worship. They're part of your jobs, they're part of your schools, they're part of your sports team, your neighbors. You know that there are individuals who are laboring tirelessly and they don't get any respect, they don't get any support, they don't get any help. I want you to either write a thank you note and or do something nice for a current or a former caregiver. Welcome back to the deep end. Again, on this episode, I want to talk about the emotional side of caregiving. That is the challenges, the range of emotions that caregivers go through. And I really want you to share this episode in this series. This is part two of caregiving on this first one. As I mentioned, we talked about caregiving 101, what it was and some of the things that are there that individuals deal with. On this one, I want to get raw. I want to get real. I want to keep it 100, as they say, with individuals who may be in the caregiving game and some things that you're dealing with. In the words of Michael Jackson, I just want you to know that you are not alone. Uh, We all have challenges. We all have issues. We all have things that we go through and we were created as relational beings. And as such, there are things that get in the way that interrupt and really kind of make it very daunting and very challenging in our lives. And so, you know, uh, King uh, Solomon once said that as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. Uh, translated, you know, when we think that we're defeated, we think that we're overwhelmed, we think that no one cares, we think that, you know, I'm hurt, we think that I've been just cast aside, think that I'm lonely, think that no one understands me, and so forth. And the list can go on and on and on. We have the tendency to act, act those things out. We behave accordingly. So hopefully we'll give you some challenges that you we all deal with as caregivers and then also hopefully give you some coping strategies some things that you can uh, deal with so the first thing that I want to jump out with and somebody on this uh, um, on this feed or on this episode on the other end of this microphone might find yourself in this pool we're talking about the deep end let's go deep on some things that we're dealing with just a couple of things i want you to deal with one is anger you know i don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're just 
angry with someone. You felt like you lost it uh, while taking care of a loved one. You know, you're doing the best that you can. And anger just sometimes have the tendency to rear its ugly head. Now, let me be real clear. There's nothing wrong with anger. You know, anger is a raw or or an emotion that we all deal with. You know, there's unjustifiable anger where you just go OFFFFFF off on someone just because. And then there's the uh, righteous or the real anger that does cause you to get upset. You know, you get to the point where somebody is just, I mean, they're just irritating you. They're bothering you and you're just troubled. And I think the key thing is that, you know, uh, uh, being willing to forgive oneself. Don't, 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 don't just hold back. Again, these are some tips that I received from the caregiver.org organization. And I thought they were very appropriate to share with you. And one, they say it's just forgive yourself, you know, uh, find a constructive way to express, you know, to learn, to be able to walk away, to take a time out, you know, every now and then you just have to take a time out from someone and then locate or find those supportive people who can talk, you can talk with, who will listen to you. And let me just say something that I learned over the years. Uh, I learned that, you know, when you listen to people, people are more than willing to share. They're more than willing to go over and beyond to share what's going on. I think we live in a society, a fix-it society or a quick fix society where we really don't take the time to listen uh, to people. And I think it's very important to be able to just let people know that, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with. So if I'm angry about something, I'm going to find a constructive way to find someone with whom I can confide and talk to and let my hair down and let them know that it's okay. You know, we all deal with that. So, so again, we're talking about the emotional side of caregiver. And as a former pastor, I dealt with a lot of great people, a lot of good people, a lot of, you know, caring people. And I saw to the point, I saw some emotional things and I'm just kind of lifting some of those things that individuals uh, deal with. So to know that you're not going through this thing as, uh, as, a as a soloist, so to speak. And then the other anger that I saw that reared hair a lot is anxiety, you know, where you feel like, you know, not everything is out of control and you have no way of being able to pull things back together. And sometimes it can come across as a, a short fuse or you just want to run away. You're not able to sleep. You're, you know, your heart is racing, you're crying and so forth. And I just want to encourage someone to pay attention, check your anxiety, you know, listen to your your body's early warning system, you know, where it's telling you that something isn't right. You might feel yourself, you know, uh, being a little bit, you know, anxious, a little bit rushed, a little bit, you know, at a point, you know, and there's some things you can do, you know, breathing exercise, you know, tell individuals all the time, take three deep breaths in. Sometimes it's just important just to just to breathe, you know, to be able to meditate, to be able to visualize, to be able to center yourself. Sometimes just to pray or you may make yourself a cup of coffee. You may make some tea, anything that will give you a break from what's happening in the moment. Because remember, anxiety has to do with something you're anticipating to happen. And rather than get all worked up about the future, it's important to be able to stay 
stay present as to what's going on. Another um, uh, thing that I've seen that happens with a lot of individuals is that you have the D word depression, you know, and individuals get depressed. And when you think about it, I said this on episode 18, especially if you're a long term caregiver, one of the byproducts is depression. And sometimes there's a spirit of feeling overwhelmed, feeling hopeless, feeling helpless. Uh, you're at a point where you just can't you can't uh, uh, sleep or you having trouble just trying to remember the basic things that you have to deal with. This is one of the things that does happen. And, and, and I, I want you to know. Uh, that depression is real. I want you to know that depression impacts anyone. It doesn't um, um, doesn't. It's not a discriminator of your economic status, your social status, your whatever status you may have in life. It 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 impacts everyone, and and it's important to know also that depression is treatable and it should be taken seriously, and if necessary, seek the professional help. Get a therapist, see a psychologist, see a psychiatrist, and don't worry about what others may say, you know, that you're weak for doing so. When I think of weak, I think of, uh, or when I think of, of, of being humble about something, it's not synonymous with being weak. Uh, humility or humble, it, humbleness to me is power under control, that this is bigger than me and I know that I need help to do so. So don't be afraid to ask for help if you need so. Also, join a, 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 a caregiver support group. You know, you can just Google so caregiver support group or you can go to caregiver.org. You can go to LA USC caregiver uh, organization that they have. There are several that are out there. Get involved and find out that there are other people who are going through the same thing and they understand exactly what it is that you're doing. And then it's important to move every now and then. Don't just sit in that bed. Don't just uh, sit on that couch. Get up and move around. Walk through your house. You know, if you don't want to go outside, just walk around the house and get those endorphins kicking in, as I always say. So it's important to be able uh, to do so. And then the other, again, one of the other emotional sides of caregiving that I've seen is just radical disgust. You just get to the point where you're just disgusted. You've been trying to do all of the things that you've been trying to do to get the help to do so. Uh, you know, you may be at a point where, you know, your um, your uh, uh, caregiver person that you're taking care of, you know, they're incontinent with their urine or with their stool. And you're just like, man, I got to do this and deal with this again. It's important to be able to know that, you know, this person is a human being. They need to be treated with respect honor and dignity as much as as you can. And sometimes it's just difficult, you know, to be able to deal with that. And one of the coping strategies is, again, you know, just uh, again, taking out time to realize, to recognize, to know that, you know, uh, but for the grace of God, there go I. And what can I do? What are some things that I can do to perhaps, you know, uh, spot something that may be happening beforehand? What can I do, you know, uh, when I clean up uh, someone who have made uh, who may have uh, vomited or those type of things? It's, it's real. I'm just trying to deal with the again, the real things that we deal with. In that, And you may find yourself in that situation where you're dealing with that. And then another one that comes up a lot is just fear, you know, fear, you know, am I able, capable to be able to help someone if something 
uh, radical or something bad happens? You know, how will I deal with that? How will I deal with the guilt? You know, what about the responsibility that comes with it? And, you know, caregivers, you know, they, they give up a they, they take on a huge responsibility, you know, for uh, making sure that the day to day care that they give to someone is 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 effective and it's and it's and it's helping them. You know, as I said on episode 18, there is no manual, so to speak, as relates to caregiving. It's like raising children, you know, and I talked to a lot of young couples and they were like, wow, you know, I wish there was a manual or a book that tells me when the baby does this, this is exactly what's going that I need to do. And it's just like raising a child. Caregiving is, is the same thing. You know, there is no formula no exact formula that may work for some person so what worked for uh, Jane may not work for Mary what worked for William may not work for uh, Ted and so uh, there's different coping skills and things that you have to deal with and so when you do find yourself at a point uh, that you know you're you're feeling fearful uh, have a backup plan you know who is someone that I can talk to who is someone that you know I can call what are the numbers that I need um, if I need to help or I need someone to get involved and to help me who can I talk to who can talk me through the situation and help me to keep perspectives because it's really all about perspectives when you think about you know the things that uh, you're dealing with and so fear is another emotion uh, that that um, really takes on a different perspective and really uh, works on an individual. I think the other one, too, that I see a lot in the caregiving game is grief. Uh, grief, you know, it is that it is that feeling of what it is that we're dealing with, that strong, raw, visceral emotion that one goes through. Uh, when, you know, they see someone on the decline, when they see uh, grief is not just associated with death, but it's when you see your loved one going through or your friend or your coworker or someone who's going through and you're not able to, they're not able to do the things that they normally uh, would do. It kind of grieves us. It kind of makes us, you know, feel a certain way. What can I do to be able to do so? And so you have you have uh, someone who may be on a decline. You have what is known as an anticipatory uh, uh, death. And then you have the actual death when someone passes away. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things, again, is having that support group, having someone who you can talk to. I think it's important to honor a person's life while they, while they are both alive and even when they pass away. Uh, tell those stories. Uh, about that person. I was talking to someone the other day. I think it's very important, especially when someone passes away to talk about them, not to stuff it away not to act as if that person never existed. But I think it's important to be able to talk through uh, the things that, you know, you're 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 dealing with. And so there's an organization that I should have mentioned uh, on the hol surviving the holidays episode, but it's called Grief Share. And you can look it up. It's griefshare.org. Griefshare, one word, dot O-R-G. International base uh, a group that helps individuals to move from what they call mourning, from mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, to joy. 
and how do you navigate through that? And they're they're all around. And I know that organization served me very well when I had some personal loved ones to pass away. So coping with grief, don't beat yourself up knowing that, you know, there's a there's you can get on the road to recovery. Uh, let's be real clear. Sometimes you don't ever get over the death or the passing of someone. But it's important to be able to make sure you're checking in and taking care of yourself as relates to the grief aspect of an emotional side of of caregiver. Another one that we deal with is guilt. You know, sometimes people feel guilt and, you know, we feel that, you know, you may have said or you may have done something wrong. You know, caring for someone, it comes in, the guilt comes in many forms and it don't always look the same. But sometimes there are things that, you know, make us guilty and, you know, and you want this to come to an end or, you know, why is it that, you know, I'm the only one, you know, that that is dealing with this and, you know, and, and how come, you know, uh, this has happened to me? It's a tough job. I just got to be real clear with, with someone who is dealing with uh, guilt. Uh, I, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Maybe I should have done that. You know, first of all, I commend anyone who takes the time uh, to provide caregiving to someone, whether it's a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, uh, whoever it may be. It's very important, you know. It's a it's a it's a daunting job. It is a 24/7 job and it's not meant to be done alone. It's not meant to be done in isolation. Uh, and yet, you know, uh, there are there are times in which you're in the cut. You're doing the very best that you could. And it's at a point where, like, you know, you just feel guilty. You know, it's like, wow, you know, I, I here it is. I'm doing this over and over again. And so when you're at that time, uh, forgive yourself. When you find yourself at a point, just forgive yourself. As simple as that. Just forgive yourself. Okay, I blew it. I may not have gotten this thing right or whatever, uh, but I'm not going to stay and wallow in despair. You know, you're there. And then there's the other side of guilt where there are those individuals who know and you know who you are. If I'm speaking to someone, I hope that you take heed to what I'm saying. There are those who know that you can do more to help a loved one, to help a sister, to help a brother. I'm going to say what others won't say because it happened in my own family. There were times in which, you know, especially when my beloved mother, bless her soul, was alive, there was more that could have been done. And sometimes it gets to the point where, you know, folks are, you know, they live in their best lives and you're doing the very best that you can. And then when that loved one passes away, that's when guilt really shows up. And I'm talking about it in an effort to lessen, to reduce, to mitigate the guilt. It's important to get in the game right now. Think about that, especially when it comes to our parents, when our uncles and aunties, those who poured into our lives, they did all that they could when we were children. And now it's like it's cyclical. Now it's it's our turn to take care of them. I think it's important that to take the opportunity to do so, to get involved. And then there's another real emotion that comes up that no one talks about, but it's that of jealousy. You know, sometimes you find yourself being jealous of a sibling, jealous of a friend who can go out and hang out and go to the movies and go shopping and go party and go on vacations. And, you know, you're doing the very best that you can. And, and you know, they 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 not in the words of my mama, they not steading you. They not steading the uh, the um, the. Uh, 
the the care uh, the the recipient of the caregiver's stead is just an ebonic way, another way of saying I ain't thinking about you, and so it's at a point where you know you can get very you know um, challenged. You know you're doing the best you can. You can't even get away to pay your bills. You can't even get away to go get your nails done, to get your hair done, to get your hair cut, to go get your shoes shine. You can't go get your car services. All of those things, you know, and I think one of the coping strategies that it's okay, it's okay to admit that sometimes I feel a little jealous. Sometimes I feel that things aren't fair, you know, and and sometimes, you know, you get to the point where it just it just throws you up. But the name of the game is don't stay there. Don't wallow in it. Don't 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 get to the point where like, wow, man, you know, my life will never, you know, get back to normal. And it may not. But focus on what you do have, you know, the time that you have with this individual and, th- and, and think of it from just a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness uh, to do so. So, again, jealousy is something that, you know, that is real, uh, a real emotion that shows its face when you are, um, you know, taking care of a loved one. Another one that comes up a lot is that can really cause anger, frustration, bitterness, even resentment is just a lack of appreciation. You know, everybody wants to be appreciated. Let's let's just keep it real. We all want to be appreciated. And sometimes it's hard for people to show their appreciation towards their caregiver and, you know, especially if a person is is uh, having some memory challenges or whatever, they may forget to say thank you. They may forget even your name. They may forget some of the things that you have done uh, for um, for them. And so don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up when it comes to, again, not feeling appreciated, not just by the recipient of your service or your care, but even family members, even friends. Let's just stay in the family pool where family members won't even say thank you, you know, or, you know, I appreciate what you have done. And you might be one of those persons. You don't need all of the accolades and applaudettes and you don't need people to slap you on the back and tell you what you done and you've got a trophy for taking care of a loved one but in the grand scheme of things everyone as i said like to feel appreciated and value and so sometimes you know it might even require you to just write things down you know create a journal you know a thankful or appreciation journal of you know of your day and what you've been able to give to someone you know having a group of uh, support from family or friends that would be nice that's very important to be able to do so but if not you know you can get to the point where you can just write things down and here's what happened on this day and here's what happened when uh, um, when mama smiled here's what happened when daddy you know sang his song or did his dance or whatever it may be to create those special moments that you can do to where you can go back and you can appreciate the time that you spent with someone. I can't tell you the number of times that I've spoken with individuals who lived in on 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 a guilt lane, so to speak, and they they really wish they had taken the time to show the appreciation towards a loved one or someone who took care of their loved one, and it just beats down, it weighs down on them, it eats them up, so to speak. Well, if you have that journal, if no one is not saying anything, you encourage yourself. Do like David did. Encourage yourself in the Lord. 
to do so. So so that's another emotion. Another emotion that we deal with is loneliness. You know, again, it is it is a tough, isolated, rough, R-U-F-F. I know that's not proper spelling, but sometimes it's a rough road that you go through. And there's times where, you know, it's like I used to talk to uh, young parents, young mothers in particular, and they said, you know, I'm around children all day, Ed, and every now and then I just want an adult voice to be able to talk to. I think the same thing happens in the realm of caregivers. You know, often you don't have someone to talk to. You don't have someone to unload with. You don't have anyone that you can tell about your insecurities and your concerns and your overwhelmness and your anger and your depression and your disgust and all of those type of things. And so uh, the, the, the name of the game, you know, you're doing the very best that you can. People always say, you know, I'm going to be there with you. And then unfortunately, sometimes people don't uh, have a way to, you know, to, to, to help you out. Uh, as I told you, if you look at the caregiver.org uh, on episode number 18, there are some resources that are out there. And one of them is what you call an, a local area agency on aging. And they have what they call respite programs, R-E-S-P-I-T-E, respite programs or daycare programs that will allow you to have someone to either come and sit with your loved one or if they're able bodied, as my mom was, uh, you can take them to an adult daycare center and sometimes get a well-deserved break. Uh, so there, there are there are circles of support that are there. Connect with your local uh, church or your faith community. Check with friends and relatives, you know, to see where you can get, you know, that break where you just need to just go out and whatever it may be, you know, just get out and go to a movie or get out and just take a walk, get out and go to the beach or whatever. There are things that are there. So again, look for your local area agency on agency. You can just Google that, your local, I'm sorry, local area agency on aging, A-G-I-N-G. You can Google that or either go to caregiver.org and you should be able to find some information on that. So again, you know, loneliness is another one uh, that we uh, deal with. And then the other one is resentment. Resentment is the mother of all emotions that I see. It comes up a lot, you know, we're especially among siblings, cousins, relatives, you know, you have those uh, individuals who are capable and able to do so, but they refuse to do so. They refuse to get in the cut. They refuse to come alongside of you. And it can be very daunting, you know, to keep it real uh, when, you know, you have a sister or brother or someone who can help. And or a cousin who was raised by mom or a daddy or whatever. And now everybody's doing the Casper, the friendly ghost. They're doing the disappearing act on you. It's a tough situation. And if it's not addressed, if it's not dealt with, especially if you're feeling lonely, especially if you're feeling unappreciative, especially if you're feeling unacknowledged along those lines, it can lead to resentment, bitterness and all of those type of things. And, you know. Family situations are very difficult also, you know, they can be a real challenge. It can be, you know, dynamic when you're trying to get family members to come in and to help and to do so. Again, uh, at caregiver.org, there are a, a, um, a host of um, uh, fact sheets that kind of tell how to have uh, constructive family meetings, how to uh, deal with your siblings when you're dealing with, um, you know, caregiving. So sibling 
uh, don't turn into sibling rivalry and that type of thing. I mean, I can tell you some stories of individuals who uh, siblings that they don't even speak anymore because the result of of someone not jumping in. So resentment is a real situation. I think it's important, again, to be able to have someone you can confide in, someone you can talk to, and you can tell them, you know, about some of the issues uh, that you are dealing with. And then the last one, obviously, you know, is dealing with tiredness. You know, you just get to the point where, you know, you're like Popeye, I can stands all I can stands, S-T-A-N-Z, and I can't stands no more. And it, 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 it can be overwhelming as a uh, as a caregiver. You're trying to do the best you can 24 seven and you have no backup and you're at a point where, you know, you're sleep deprived and you can't even function. You don't remember what day it is, what year it is. You don't remember who's the president. You forgot to pay your bills. All of these things happen and it can it can it can lead to a host of other things. You know, when one is not taking care of themselves, ill health and, you know, a moodiness and you're at a point where you're no longer patient with people. You can't get your tax. Uh, I mean, your tasks or jobs, things that you get done. There's that mental for, for, uh, fatigueness and so forth that goes on. And so, uh, again, if one's having trouble getting, uh, you know, sleep, you're feeling a little worried, anxiety or whatever, speak to your local physician. If you have a therapist, contact your therapist. Talk to someone in one of your faith leaders or someone who can give you the things that you need uh, to do. And so I, I could have went on and on and on talking about the emotional side of caregiving. Uh, but I'm going to stop there because it's a it's a really uh, difficult situation. And again, I just want to salute you if you are in the cut and you're taking care of a loved one. And even though it just seems like you have no support and nobody's there, there's always someone there, you know, that's there for you. Let me just close by telling you a little example or illustration of uh, what we all dealt with. If you've been to school and from elementary school all the way up to the collegiate level, you know, often you have to take these things called tests. You have to take a test. And usually when the test is given, the teacher is silent. The teacher, the professor, the instructor is silent, but they're always there. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story, I just have to make it real plain that even when you feel like no one's there, God is always there for you. I know that whatever your religious or whatever your spiritual beliefs are, whatever, God is always there in the midst of your test of taking care of your loved one. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to continue to do so. And if you are on the periphery, on the outside, and you know that you can do more to help your loved one, it's important to get involved and to do what you can to help that individual. So as I get ready to land the plane, I want to uh, close out by giving you a coachable moment, a coachable moment. Again, if you are a caregiver, I think it's important for you to, again, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Set yourself a doctor's appointment within the next, I would say, next two weeks. Go to the doctor and just, you know, whether you've been doing it for six months, you've been doing it for a year, two years or whatever, five years. It's important to check, get yourself checked. So go to the doctor and do so. And even if you aren't a caregiver, go to the doctor, especially uh, you men that are out there. We men have the tendency to want to, you know, I got this or whatever. Take care of yourself. Go to the doctor, get a checkup and find out how you're doing with that.
We thank you very much for, again, always walking with us. I know this is a very challenging one, uh, the two-part series on dealing with caregiving, but it's something that's important and needed to be said. I also want to encourage you to uh, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Deep In With Ed. Send me something. Send me something on Instagram or Facebook in particular to let me know that this message is working and is encouraging someone or some of the tips that you've had, you've dealt with that you can share with others. The Deep In With Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mask conversation uh, production. 